Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Abby, we are rolling into springtime. Is it Abby or Abigail? Um, I prefer Abby. You prefer Abby? Mm-hmm. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah, that's the preferred option. Yes, but your official name is Abigail. It is. It's Abigail. Is that a family name or anything? Or um, No, I actually <laughs> was named after a an animation character in a movie, a children's movie. Really? Um, my parents didn't know it at the time, actually. My cousin told them that she liked the name Abigail, and it was because one of her favorite characters was Abigail a mouse. So I'm actually named after a cartoon mouse. Wow. They could have named you Mickey. Yeah. You know, I I really prefer Abigail. (laughs) I think that's the preferred option. Mickey. I mean, that's a a good name. Maybe like go by Mick, but... um, yeah. Maybe not for myself. Maybe maybe the next one in the family will be yeah. Mickey. Yeah, Mickey, Minnie. Well, we're entering spring. Got any plans? What do you like to do in the spring? I know you got a dog. I'm sure um, that's incorporated. Yeah, actually, we, we walked the Greenway just nice. last Sunday. Um, the weather is starting to warm up. The flowers look gorgeous. It makes me want to garden, even though I am not a green thumb. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, we love walking outside and spending time in our neighborhood and riding bikes mm-hmm. and yeah. I sometimes play golf, but I don't play much anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, grilling out all the, all the things, mm. all the, the springy time things before that's it gets great. too hot. Yeah. So yeah, so it sounds, that's exciting. I love this time of year. It's, it's really fun. So, well, we got quite an interesting show today. We got some topics, some you know, more exciting than others. Uh, but the first is going to be, hey, retiring before 65, you know, make sure you know your healthcare options. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk through, hey, if you retire before you have a uh, Medicare, what do you do? And it's a great question because health insurance is expensive if you didn't know that. Yep. Yep. It is for sure. And then our second topic is going to be 10 ways to grow your retirement nest egg. And this is going to be some ways that are, you know, less painful on that monthly budget. So I'm excited yeah. to to work through that as well. Yeah. Well, by the way, I'm Ryan Borders. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm a Dave Ramsey SmartVestor Pro, and I'm one of the advisors here at Richard Young Associates. And I'm Abby Gibson. I'm a registered financial advisor here at Richard Young Associates, and I've been here since last August. I hope you're registered to be a financial advisor. Uh, yeah. That or you couldn't work here. Yeah, <laughs> it's important. That's right. Uh, well, we're excited to have everyone listening to us today on our weekly show. We're exclusive. Um, you know, Every week, we're up on Friday afternoons. Uh, so you can find our show on our website through moneymd.net. You can also go to Spotify or wherever podcasts are available. We're there. Uh, feel free to look at those. Also, just check out our website, uh, moneymd.net, where you can link to us. You can ask questions. We always do a question of the week. Uh, yeah, so we just love to connect with you, hear what you're thinking or what questions you have, and feel free to listen to our old shows. we got a lot of them up there. Yep. So we're going to roll into the financial fact of the week. Yes. So according to Bankrate's 2024 annual emergency savings report, if um, Americans were to lose their job tomorrow, two and three of them would be worried about having enough savings to cover one month's living expenses. So... Um. Yeah, that that Not one fun. is a little concerning. What so, do you think the issue is? 
You know, I think people find a lot of reasons why they can't save for their emergency funds. But, you know, that's what we're here for. You know, we want to help you, you know, get at least three months worth of living expenses saved up. So definitely a priority and, um, you know, something that we should all look at. Yeah, good to have three to six months. If both spouses are working, you can get away with the three month. You know, put it like in a money market, something really conservative. But you want to make sure you have cash savings to cover emergencies because they do happen. Mm-hmm. And you just want to avoid things like credit card debt yep. that have high interest that can really hurt your goals. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting fact of the week. Something to really work towards going into this year as we're moving forward. Think through the emergency fund. All right, well, let's go ahead and start with this first topic. Um, this one's... Um, Interesting. It can. We're going to try to make it a little more fun, but this is about retiring before 65. You know, you want to make sure you have good healthcare options. So we're going to kind of talk through, Abby, uh, just some options for those who want to retire early before mm-hmm. that 65 age. This comes from the Wall Street Journal. I thought this was a really interesting article when I was reading this week. Um, you know, but whether by design or sometimes people don't realize circumstances make you retire early. It's not always your choice. And, you know, health insurance... Uh, for early retirees can of, often be very costly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be a big reality reality check for people. So for, um, you know, premiums can run super high, as uh, high as 2200 a month. Uh, it just depends on lots of things like your age, uh, where you're getting the insurance, um, all kinds of aspects. And so you just need to make sure you have a plan in place or a backup plan uh, to be able to cover things like high insurance costs if you're going to retire before 65. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, leaving work just four years before starting Medicare can easily drain, you know, a hundred thousand of your or more from your retirement savings if you're not careful. So you just got to be very careful about that. Uh, you know, some insurance options have limited local networks, may not include preferred doctors or allow participants to see a specialist without a referral. Um, and many don't cover expenses incurred, um, out of state unless it's an emergency. So there's a lot of potential deal breakers when you're shopping around for insurance. So we're going to go through a lot of the details today on what to look for. We're going to talk about price, but also things like, hey, can you still see your doctor? Mm -hmm. Can you get coverage out of state? These are things that a lot of people don't necessarily think about, and it's very important. Um, So let's talk through some options. So employer coverage, so that's the first. Uh, The cheapest option for a couple is to stagger retirement and have one keep working so both can rely on workplace plan until Medicare becomes an option at 65 for them, okay? So workplace plans tend to be subsidized with the employer paying about 83% of the cost of coverage for the employee on average. That's the average coverage, which is a lot. Um, According to, um, this is the Kaiser Family Foundation, all this data, for family coverage, the employee must pick up an additional share of the expenses. That's going to be your cheapest option. Yep, yep. And workplace plans typically have more extensive coverage options than buying private insurance as an individual. So that approach obviously isn't always feasible if you're single or if neither partner wants to delay retirement, you know, if you're having FOMO as another partner. So another way to stay on a workplace plan and stay retired is through COBRA coverage. So that allows workers at many companies to continue health benefits for as many as 18 months if they leave their job um, through voluntary or involuntary job loss or reduction in hours worked or other life events. So uh, COBRA coverage is going to cost more than if you are employed, um, with many employers requiring um, 
participants to pay the full cost of that insurance plus a 2% administration fee. But Cobra Options also going to give you, um, let you keep your preferred doctors as you consider what to do next. Yeah, Cobra's interesting. So the average Cobra premium for a family recently ran about $25,000 a year, including the 2% fee, according to that same foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, that compares with an average of six, about 6700 a year the employee uh, was accustomed to paying through the paycheck deduction. Right. So big cost increase. Massive. It's really just kind of a short-term thing to help mm -hmm. make sure you have that gap coverage if you were to leave that job. The COBRA coverage option can also make sense for those who leave job mid-year or later and have already paid significant portion of their annual deductible. Uh, so you want to think about that. Right. Uh, otherwise, you might incur new a new deductible and other costs for the same year under a new insurance plan. Yeah, the deductible is so, a big one. Deductible is a big one because some of them are very large. Mm -hmm. So that's one option. You know, having someone work on uh, continue to work, and then also the Cobra coverage, more of a short term. Uh, next is the Affordable Care Act coverage. So. While using COBRA may be a good stopgap, moving to an insurance through the Affordable Care Act marketplace is usually far less expensive because mm -hmm. most people qualify for subsidies thanks to the recent regulatory changes uh, by the Biden administration to guide more people into the program. So there's more subsidies now than there were, is what that's saying. Um, even people with more than 200000 in income qualify in some parts of the country, and income typically plunges after leaving a job. Uh, so the ACA program includes four tiers of coverage. There's a platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. The bronze plans have the lowest premiums, silver next, and then gold and platinum. So it moves on up. Yep. Um, and financial planners sometimes say silver is going to be the best value, but that's not always the case once all potential out-of-pocket costs are compared. So nationally, the average 63-year-old couple with $150,000 income will get a $13,689 subsidy to significantly reduce um, the $26,439 premium on a silver plan. So that's pretty good. Um, but subsidies vary by location and income. So a family of four with an income up to $45,000 wouldn't have to pay a premium for a silver plan. And in New York City, a 63-year-old couple with an income of $250,000 could qualify for just a small subsidy to reduce that premium. Beyond cost considerations, uh, the ACA plans are more user-friendly uh, than the other private options because they won't disallow coverage based on pre-existing conditions and can't deny coverage or boot um, policy holders if mm -hmm. they become sick after buying the insurance. So there's more protections with the ACA. Still, retirees who choose this route aren't home free after paying premiums. The plans have deductibles and other premiums like co-pays and co-insurance for doctors, uh, hospitals, and prescriptions. So you got to be careful about that. Yeah. And so the next option after that ACA coverage is going to be private coverage. So early retirees who don't qualify for a subsidy can still buy private insurance through the ACA marketplace. It's really smart to do it through the ACA marketplace, even though it will cost full price um, and is likely more expensive than non-ACA private insurance. Um, that's because there are a few private plans available anymore outside of the ACA system. And those that do remain often don't have the pre-existing condi condition coverage provisions that ACA plans do. 
In other words, ACA plans aren't going to screen people for their health before insuring them. And whenever uh, people are insured through the ACA marketplace, they're going to be covered even if an illness stems from a past condition. So that's really important to consider. Yeah, private plans frequently deny coverage if they determine a person's um, you know, sickness stemmed from a condition that existed before they bought the insurance. You got to be careful with this um, because it can really screw screw people over if they're not careful. Denial of care risk also applies to private plans that last only a few months. Uh, so there's some plans for that are stopgap plans, uh, firm that help. So yeah, so such plans are sh- called short term or skinny policies. These are kind of a newer thing, mm-hmm. and people sometimes buy them when they lose a job or need insurance just for a few months, like three months before taking a new job or going on Medicare. Mm -hmm. I've actually done this before. Um, I believe I did this a few years back before starting here. Okay. So, yeah, it can be very helpful because COBRA is not fun. Um, So, you know, short-term plans are far less less expensive than COBRA coverage as a stopgap for someone who leaves the workforce unexpectedly. So it's a a good thing to have just for a short-term um, but although you have to pass a health screening to qualify for a short-term plan, a provider could refuse coverage for conditions by deeming it pre-existing. Mm-hmm. So you, you lose that that you know thing you get with ACA. So right. you just want to pay attention to that. Or COBRA, yeah. Yeah, and then depending on the short-term plan, they can also be caps on coverage, such as $1,000 for a hospital stay that can leave an individual short of what will be needed if, for example, he or she has a heart attack and has to be hospitalized at a cost that can easily be in the tens of thousands of dollars. Pay attention to your details before you sign up. That's the big definitely big lesson here. Pay attention, pre-existing conditions, what coverages are there, where do they stop paying. You need to know these things because you could get caught off guard and it might not be good for you. So last resort um, is our last topic here. Another route to reduce coverage costs for those who have lost their jobs for health reasons could be through Social Security disability designation. Got to be careful about this one too. So Mm -hmm. such a designation would allow for that person to get Medicare coverage before age 65 but goodness gracious, I've seen it with people I know. It can be very hard to get uh, qualified for the disability. And it usually doesn't start, the Medicare often doesn't start until 24 months after that person is deemed disabled. So long waiting periods. Two whole years. I wouldn't really want to count on this. Right. Yeah. And another alternative advisor suggests is define work at a business that's going to provide health insurance to part-time workers. So such companies include Starbucks and Trader Joe's. Um, so, you know, given employers' typical contributions to health insurance, an individual working part-time for a large company might have to pay about $119 a month for health insurance. So that's going to be a much better solution if you just want to be a part-time barista at Starbucks and you get only um, $119 worth of medical insurance a month. That's great. So, Yeah, you can definitely do that. And it can also just keep you kind of sharp and give you, you know... A- part-time job throughout the week that just keeps you busy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this article has some examples of that. People that worked at a running store and just enjoyed talking to people and enjoyed the relationships, but also got his health insurance. So lots of options for you. You just want to make sure you know, because it's one of those confusing things um, that people sometimes sign up for and then they get caught off guard when, when they actually need to use it. So just be careful about that. Make sure you look at your options, talk to your advisor, and just make sure you are good to go if you're going to retire before that age 65. Mm -hmm. So 
not kind of a boring article, but you know, good to know, but right? Relevant. It's definitely relevant. You know, a lot of people don't want to wait until they're sixty-five, and you know, medical insurance is something they don't consider. So, yeah, definitely important to you know really think about those things before you decide to pull the trigger. Absolutely. We're going to move to the question of the week, and this is a good one, and we get this a lot. And so it says, should I contribute towards a Roth or pre-tax retirement account? Yeah. So this is a great question, and a lot of factors go into the answer. You know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. So Roth's going to be good if you, you know, expect your tax bracket to be higher in retirement because you're paying your taxes now on that money. So when you take it out later, you don't have to pay those taxes. Pre-tax can be good when you're trying to lower your taxable income for that tax year. You know, maybe you're bumping up on a bracket that you don't want to reach so you can contribute more to your pre-tax retirement account. Um, But if you're using an IRA, you know, there are going to be income limits to consider with a Roth. So oftentimes it can be beneficial to use a blend of the two, but you can always give us a call and we can help you determine the best solution for your situation. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple other factors to think about. Uh, Depends on your budget. Can you afford, you know, to do Roth? Sometimes we talk about, hey, we don't know where tax brackets are going to be in the future. Mm -hmm. So Roth gives that uh, insurance to make sure, hey, if tax brackets go way up, you have Roth money that's tax free. There's a lot more flexibility with Roth where when you have a lot of pre-tax retirement, you're kind of limited because you don't want to pay too much in taxes. And then your RMDs come up at age 73. Um, so I, I always like to say at least have both because you, you need some Roth money there so you can live a retirement that gives you options and has some freedoms. You don't feel locked in right. because of those of those taxes. taxes. Um, you talk, you listen to Ramsey's show, he's going to say always do Roth no matter how much you make. But obviously there's some high tax brackets out there and you need to be mindful and smart yep. about it and talk to your advisor. Absolutely. All right. So let's move into the second topic. So this is 10 ways to grow your retirement nest egg. Yep. And so this is really ways to grow your nest egg seamlessly without really feeling it as much. Um, So, you know, retirement planning is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So it's about making those consistent strategic moves over time that compound into significant wealth. So whether you're just starting out or nearing the finish line, it's never too late to optimize your retirement strategy. So here's how you can increase your income in retirement without feeling the pinch as much today. So your first option is obviously securing your company's 401k match. So the first step is to ensure you're taking full advantage of your company's uh, 401k match, often referred to as that free money, right? So it might be, you know, 50% of the first, you know, 6% you're putting in or, you know, or might just be a flat 3%. But this is a portion of your salary that your employer is willing to match in contributions to your retirement plan. So if you're not utilizing this benefit, that's really like leaving money on the table. It's free money. Make sure you're taking advantage of that. That's the first step. Um, The second option is gradually increase your 401k contributions. So maybe aim to boost your 401k contributions by 1% each year until you hit that maximum allowed limit. So this is an incremental approach that's going to be less painful in your wallet, and it's going to help you adjust your budget gradually um, just making the increase almost imperceptible over that time period. Yeah, great, great, uh, great point there. A lot of people don't realize that. The third is maxing, uh, maximize your catch-up contribution after 50. So the catch-up contributions for those above 50, the IRS allows extra catch-up. So that's your 401ks, 
and your IRAs. So it's a thousand dollar catch up on the IRAs. So going forward, if you're over fifty, you can do eight thousand dollars to your Roth or pre tax IRA. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. The catch up um, on the four hundred one ks. Do you know the new catch up? By the way, is um, it, where's it at? Thirty five hundred. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, let's let's look it up while we're on the phone while we're uh, while we're on this right here because yeah, yeah, they just increased that as well. Yep, they did just the, announce those. The f- uh, fourth is automate contributions to IRAs, so in brokerage accounts. Now, this is something we talk about all the time mm-hmm. because when you automate things, you are able to just have it in your budget. Right. You know, it can be easy to fall off. You can. Every- and you can schedule that, you know, as you're getting paid. So, you know, the, as soon as that paycheck hits your bank account, you know, you have that automation. So it's like you, it's like it didn't exist in the first place. So, so that can be really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So it just keeps it in your budget. It's part of your month to month budgeting. And it's a very smart thing to do because it, yeah, once again, if you're just pushing it on your own, you're going to forget about it or things are going to come up. That catch-up contribution for the 401ks is now up to 7500 in 2024. So they've really increased that for people. It's, it's a good way to really catch up in the 401k. Mm-hmm. The 401k is really just the best place to save a lot for retirement. Mm-hmm. There's no income limit. 401ks are fantastic. Uh, you just want to make sure you understand what types of funds are in there and just make sure you're well diversified and you know you got to be very careful with them. But yeah, definitely a great way to save a lot for retirement. Yep. Um, And the fifth option is investing your emergency fund wisely. Um, So I was just talking about this yesterday, but placing your emergency funds into a secure money market account or a high yield savings account and just funneling that interest earned directly into your retirement accounts. Um, So this strategy is going to help your safety network double duty, right? It's going to be available to you if you ever have any emergencies arise, but you're earning interest on that money as well. So you can take that and invest that and maybe your more riskier retirement investments. Um, And then the sixth option is going to be optimizing your social security and pension earnings. So this is something you're going to look at later on in life. So review the earnings years that your social security and pension benefits are calculated on. So if you have a recent year, um, you know, if you have recent years of higher earnings, you might be replacing those lower income years in the calculation to boost your future benefits. So, you know, this is something maybe you could talk about with your financial advisors. Like, hey, let's do the math. You know, maybe it would make sense to, to stay working a couple more years and it's going to greatly increase those benefits. Yeah, great point. So seven, reassess your portfolio's risk. Very important. So if retirement is still a ways off, consider shifting your portfolio to a more aggressive allocation if your risk tolerance allows it. Mm -hmm. Higher risk can lead to higher returns. Uh, Past performance doesn't guarantee future results, but historically, that's how it's gone. Uh, So that can be especially beneficial if you have time to ride out the markets. You know, if we're not retiring for 10, 20 years, you got time. So there's time for recovery there. Uh, but also, as you do something, as you start entering closer to retirement, make sure you reassess your risk. Make sure you're not taking too much risk. Right. So you got to think about these things. It's and good to review the allocation. I was, you know, something that I see a lot of people do is when they're young and they're signing up for their 401k plan, they go into those yearly plans, like the, you know, 2040. You know, and a lot of times those are gonna have some some, you know, fixed income yeah. in there. They get very conservative very quickly, right. which might make sense for some people. Right. But you want to make sure you understand what you're in. 
Yes, You exactly. want to know what you're in. You need someone to look at that and help guide that. The other thing people don't do in 401ks, they don't rebalance a lot of times. Right. And it gets very top heavy and, mm. and it can really mess up. So you want to make sure you're rebalancing. You're looking at your allocation. You want to make sure you're broadly diversified. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of things you got to look at and you need someone to help guide you through that. So Absolutely. just make sure you're talking to somebody. Uh, the eighth is eliminate high interest debt. So use any extra funds to pay down your high interest debt. You know, once these debts are cleared, redirect what you're paying on into retirement or brokerage accounts in compounding your savings, making sure your money's working for you instead of for somebody else. Right. Where credit cards, your money's working for somebody else. Yeah. I mean, I heard that credit card, you know, interest rates were around 21% on average or something crazy yeah. for 23. So, I mean, just make sure you're not letting money, you know, be sent to random people. <laughs> So definitely use that money for yourself. Uh, pay off those high interest debts. So number nine is review and adjust your insurance plans. So annually review your insurance plans to ensure you're not overpaying for coverage that you don't need. So it's just really important to shop around for the best rates and apply the savings towards your retirement contributions. So, you know, this could be annually, you know, however you feel comfortable. Um, but, you know, they're going to gradually increase those premiums potentially and you don't want to be overpaying for something you could shop around for and get significant um, benefits from. So the last option is start small, but start now. So if you're not yet saving for retirement, you know, begin today. Even those modest contributions, such as $50 a month, can grow over time thanks to compound interest. Um, so if finding spare cash can be challenging for you, consider leveraging budgeting tools like YNAB, You Need a Budget, it's an app, or Rocket Money is another app I've heard of to gain better control over your finances. Um, so, you know, talk to your, you know, a financial advisor. Um, just, I think the biggest step is just setting up those retirement accounts. You know, I know that can be daunting, but take the time to put that together and just start small. Yeah. And going back to those credit cards, just looking at the average interest rate right now for just kind of everybody as a whole, it's about 22.9. Uh, and those with just like fair credit, you know, not doing so hot. Um, twenty six point four store cards. That's about thirty percent. Thirty percent interest. Be careful. Know what you're doing because you can get yourself in a hole. That's a lot of interest, and you just got to be very, very careful when it comes to those things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, eliminate that debt. Let your money work for you. Don't let your money work for someone else. Piece. Yeah, for <laughs> other people. For someone else. So let's talk through conclusion here. So retirement planning may seem daunting. But with the right strategy, it's entirely possible to build a comfortable nest egg. The key is to start small, make consistent contributions, and gradually increase your savings over time. The majority of what we're talking about here is more about behavior, right? We're, right. Not, we're not talking about here's market performance and this. Right. We're talking about behaviors. Yep. And habits. Habits and small ones. Mm -hmm. And if you do these well, historically, this has rewarded people. Mm -hmm. So by automating your savings, taking advantage of tax-advantaged accounts, and managing your debt and expenses wisely, you'll find that increasing your retirement income can be seamless, a seamless part of your financial routine. Remember, the best time to start planning for retirement was yesterday. The second best time is today. So build those habits. It's all it's behavior. It's behavior, people. And just and uh, we know there's lots of circumstances in life, but you you, you at least got to do something. Yep. You want to talk to someone that can help guide you and make those right. decisions for you. It's never too late. It's never too early. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, that was a great, great topic. A little bit, 
I think, more fun than the other one, but the other one's important. <laughs> the other one was hey, very important. It's very important. It's very serious. And uh, good to know, because, yeah, a lot of people don't. Right. It's something they don't want to think about. Don't want to think about it, but you got to think about it. <laughs> that's just, right. There's a lot, just like getting a will. There's another one. I don't like to think about it, but you need to think about that's it. That's right. Or life insurance is the other term, life insurance. Oh, yeah. It's All right, let's, let's look at this uh, prescription of the week. Since we are the money doctors, we need to write out a prescription for everybody. That's right. So uh, I'm going to do it today. And yeah. Yeah, how are your 2024 plans and goals going? So we're heading into March here. We're in March. How's it going? It's been a couple months. A lot of times we have all these big goals. We have a lot of these plans, and then we get into the year, and we get kind of punched in the face. Right. <laughs> but I think Mike Tyson said everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Mm, you know, they that, get in the ring, and then they yeah. get punched in the face, and they're like, oh, crud. Wait, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. So you know, now that you know, we're in the last month of Q1, quarter one, it's a good time to review your resolutions, your goals, mm-hmm. as well as review your budget to make sure you are on track to accomplish your goals for 2024. Yep. Once again, it's not too late to make sure you get yourself on track. So it's okay to tweak a few items or even take some things out. Sometimes when we're planning, we get very lofty with our goals, and right. sometimes it can be overwhelming. Life happens, and it's okay to adjust. Right, yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, people, you know, they let go of those goals and resolutions because maybe they over they overdid it, and they're like, oh, I just can't do this, so I'm going to give up. Hey, yeah. you know... Just make it a little smaller, right? You know, make incremental improvements. Yeah, so rather than give up, let's just give an example. Let's say going, working out. Maybe right. you said five days a week. Maybe it's not working out. Well, instead of giving up, let's try three days a week. Yes, exactly. Let's try that first and see how that goes for six months, and maybe you make right. adjustments then. And, you know, with the budget, right? Yeah. You might have said, you know, I want to spend, you know, $4,000 a month, and maybe you're at 5500 a month. Okay, well, let's take a look. Maybe use one of those budgeting apps. Let's let's make incremental tweaks till you get to that end goal. So it's it's not over yet, guys. We've got three quarters left. That's right. We got a long way to go. It's going to be a long year, but at least we're getting into the spring and summer, which it's really easy to forget about these goals and planning because it's going to be the fun time of the year, vacations. But you got to think about it. You got to follow it, but make those adjustments so you don't give it up. So That's right. very important. It's a good RX of the week. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a fun little show. Yeah, yeah, enjoyed that with you. So. Yeah, this has been this week's edition of MoneyMD. So tune in next week on MoneyMD.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, to hear more prescriptions for your financial health, check out our website again, you know, MoneyMD.net, and send us your questions. And please give us a call as well at 706-739-0725. Please send your questions as we really like to hear what, what everyone's thinking or wanting to know about. Um, and so thanks for listening and have a great rest of the week. Contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.